0: Turning on the television to keep track of the Ethiopian conflict, I grew increasingly frustrated knowing that the number of vulnerable civilians paying the price of war is greatly expanding directly proportionate to the capturing of villages by the opposition. And this conflict doesn't have a foreseeable end, knowing that the TPLF, the opposition can't retake the whole of Ethiopia and the Ethiopian army can't beat the TPLF, since The TPLF have been in control of the government since they fought the Soviet Union back in 1991 and ruled from 1991 to 2018. The TPLF had a tight grip on the government till of recent in 2018 when the opposition took on power under Abiy Ahmed. Now appearances can really be deceiving. Abiy Ahmed won a Nobel Peace Prize for putting an end to the two decade conflict between Ethiopia and Eritrea. And while peace seemed to loom in there, everyone came to a conclusion that this president is a man of action and he is yet to prove more of his good side than he has done in the present. But over time, his rule changed. He became very sore to the opposition to, the, to an extent that he took the opposition to war. And right now, they are in war. Right now, fighting is very tense and people are paying the price. So how did Ethiopia come to this state that seems like a civil war or is almost a civil war? Or it is actually a civil war to a number of viewers that are following up with the entire incident? Well, it starts after the president, Abiy Ahmed, delayed the election in 2021. Due to COVID 19. That was the reason he gave for delaying elections. And with that, the TPLF, or the people of Tigray, decided to organize their own elections in September 2020. Following these elections that they held, Abiy Ahmed decided to cut funds to the region, triggering a civil war between Abiy's federal forces and the TPLF. Well, the TPLF actually decided to attack the military, the federal military base. I think close by to Tigray, and eventually everything took a different turn, and now the fighting doesn't seem to end anytime soon. Abiy Ahmed's actions of cutting off aid to the region was like a humanitarian issue, whereby people are concerned about their lives that they had to get to arms so as to retaliate, so as to fight back to the army. So almost everything almost like it almost stands out to be an issue of the president of the ruling country of not having thought everything through and putting people in dire dire consequences just because of political just because you're politically offended you know to see Abiy Ahmed's First intentions when he became president, how he, you know, put an end to the Ethiopia and Eritrea conflict and put a number of changes to the way things were. For example, putting more women into the government and trying to balance the entire government system and freeing political prisoners. It, you know, it came off in a way that this guy is a man of action. This is the, uh, you know. A president who lives up to his words and at a certain point Ethiopia was named the most democratic country in Africa, but currently the current state of things in Ethiopia, tell us otherwise. Now me, I don't want to look at it in one way that Abiy Ahmed was just playing a game of appearances and then later on decided to show his true colors. I happen to think that this, there are people who are playing in the background. Probably he was facing pressure from, from his party, you know, to continuously talk bad about the TPLF so as to reduce on their influence in the government and probably put a bad image to, these, to, the, to them, basically. Creating differences is a very powerful move in politics. It helps to put boundaries between two different groups. And if he's doing this as a strategy, it would play a very good political game and it'd set forth a bar signifying how better their party is to the opposition, the TPLF. But taking a whole country into war to signify how better your regime is is entirely a very wrong thing. It doesn't justify goodness at all. It instead justifies your regime as a regime of terror. It puts the people of Ethiopia in arms just to fight your government instead of putting the people of Ethiopia in happiness just to support your government. Now, international bodies are calling on peace. They're trying to talk Abiy Ahmed into putting down arms and having peace talks with the TPLF so that things in Ethiopia can settle. But Abiy Ahmed doesn't seem shaken. He's he's hell-bent on the idea that he has to do away with the TPLF. You know, the Ethiopian conflict takes me back to my talk on intellectual democracy or democracy in Africa. Africa consists of very many ethnic groups, and playing democracy or having democracy in Africa can be a very hard thing, since everyone is restricted by their ethnic identities. They are put in two different boundaries by their ethnic groups. And bringing people together under one idea of nationalism, it's a hard thing. It's a very hard thing. And, you know, Abiy made him being ignorant about the people in Tigray just to fight... The TPLF, it's, it comes off in a very bad way. It makes him look like a terrorist organization. I happen to think that the TPLF might have been an oppressive regime. They might have embezzled funds from the government. And maybe they did most of the bad things that Abiy Ahmed claims they, they did, calling them a dark regime, calling their regime dark. Maybe they were as bad as he says, but calling them bad and endlessly talking about it, shows that this is not a quality of a leader that people can rely on for a foreseeable future. Because leaders in general are meant to know what matters and what doesn't matter. And what matters is literally peace in the country, not holding on to grudges that happened way back. It's now time for the country to move forward, just like his award was given to him you know the the Nobel peace prize was meant to be a way to heal his wounds and let him prepare the country for better leadership but by holding on to those grudges and continuously pressing on the TPLF it it's like he's indirectly calling the TPLF to go at arms and face the government and face his regime just to prove a point. But the clutches of power run deep. If the TPLF were taken off power and they were not willy, and they were not yet ready to hand over to another government, it can so happen that they decided to go at arms to prove that they are more superior military body than the army of Ethiopia is. So both sides are at wrong here. If both of them can't sit down and settle things, it just doesn't count for any kind of peace. But power usually resides at the center, but if the person at the center doesn't know how to use it, past grudges will rule the day, and civilians will pay the price. Just like the way it was in South Sudan, you know, it was also the same thing in Ethiopia. Two different tribes fighting one another. Th- though it would look like it's Reak Mature and Salva Kir that are having disputes, but it's more of a tribal thing than it, than it is of an individual thing. And at the end of the day, you find that the person who has the power to actually put an end to the war is usually the one who's painted as the bad one. Salva Kir, at the end of the day, was painted as the person who who took the country to war? Who doesn't have a sense of nationality? Though he's still the president, but his his image wanes. So this is all I have to say for this current talk on the Ethiopian, you know, conflict. So catch you on the next one.